Ernest, what's up? Look, I want to put you on to something that's been making waves in the personal finance world. If you've been relying on Mint to manage your finances, I got some news that might startle you at first. Mint is no more. But hold on, because every cloud has its silver lining. And in this case, that lining is Monarch Money. For those of us searching for a robust, user-friendly alternative, Monarch Money is stepping up to the plate. And from personal experience, it's hitting a home run. Let's get personal for a moment. Managing finances can be a maze of confusion, stress, and time consumption. Believe me, I've been there, jumping from one finance app to another, hoping to find that one platform that simplifies everything. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design transformed my approach to managing finances. What truly sets Monarch apart for me, though, is its collaboration feature. With money being a top Discord trigger for many couples, the ability to seamlessly manage finances with my wife has been a game changer. No extra costs, just shared goals and clarity. But Monarch isn't just about managing your current finances, it's about building your future. Saving for that dream house, your wedding, or a once in a lifetime vacation becomes not just a possibility, but a reality with Monarch's intuitive tools. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal held it as the best app for savings growth. Monarch Money represents the next evolution in personal finance apps. It's an ad-free haven where your experience is the priority, constantly refined based on real user feedback. It's everything we've been asking for, intuitive, powerful, and relentlessly focused on user satisfaction. Now, for a bit more practicality, Monarch makes transitioning from Mint a breeze ensuring you can bring all your tags and categories with you. It's intuitive design, customization options, and commitment to privacy and an ad-free experience make it stand out in the sea of competitors. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash leisure. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash leisure for your extended 30-day free trial. Earners, what's up? Look, I want to give y'all a little peek behind the curtain of producing Earn Your Leisure. It's a lot more than just sitting down and chatting. It involves meticulous planning, recording, editing, and then promoting each episode to ensure it reaches all of you. And if you picked up any of our merch, then you know there's a whole extra layer of logistics from inventory management to shipping. Running a podcast is like running a small business. And speaking of business, I know many of you entrepreneurs are involved in e-commerce. You understand how crucial it is to streamline operations and cut costs wherever possible. That's why I want to talk to you about ShipStation, the multi-carrier shipping solution that integrates seamlessly with all your online sales channels. It's all about optimizing your shipping, connecting with expert partners, and freeing up more of your time to focus on scaling your business. Now let's talk about our experience with ShipStation. This tool has been a game changer for us, especially with automating routine tasks. Being able to manage everything from one dashboard and print shipping labels with just a click, absolute lifesavers. Plus, the discounts we get on shipping costs are incredible. Honestly, it feels like we're saving thousands. And as our show and merch sales have grown, ShipStation's robust automation and reporting features have helped us keep up without missing a beat. For those of you who get overwhelmed by order volumes, ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard is a dream come true. You can import orders from any sales channel, apply shipping preferences automatically, and handle customer service issues right there. 
Not to mention the savings with up to 89% off carrier rates like UPS, DHL Express, and USPS. It's no wonder over 130,000 companies stick with ShipStation long-term. So, are you ready to turn your shipping challenges into growth opportunities? Head over to ShipStation.com and use promo code EARN for a free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code EARN. Start streamlining your shipping and scaling your business today. This episode of the Market Mondays World Tour is brought to you with limited interruption by Ally. I want to taste your banana pudding, you taste my banana pudding. It's on. It's on. It's on. I was going to say, will you marry me? Is my makeup messy? Yes, it's messy. Let's do it. Isaac. Olu wo laughing. Daddy. Junior, let's bring him out. So. Yes. Take those monies and spread across families. My sister Hattie and Lulu, nephews, cousins, and TT. Eric, the rest of B for whatever she wants to do. She might start an institute. She might put pockets. Make some noise for the brother, please. My stake in my nation. Love it. Legacy, 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 legacy. Yes. That's what we're talking about. Great choice. Yes. So let's get into this. Um, you're doing it at, at a high level, at the highest level, right? So that's one of the great things with coming to our events, whether it's Don Peebles, whether it's Robert Smith, whether it's Isaac. These are conversations that most of the time, most people are not able to have a conversation with you, right? But they're able to have a conversation in sorts by sitting and listening. So thank you for coming. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, so all right. So at 28, uh, you decided to start your first development construction project, uh, condo across from the Yorkdale Mall, right? So let's talk about that. What's the process of you doing the construction uh, right next to the Yorkdale Mall? Absolutely. Welcome, everyone. Evening. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, let's do this again. <laughs> Make some noise for this brother. Yeah, okay. There we go. I love y'all. Yeah, y'all got to turn the energy up a little bit, man. Yeah. You know, before we start talking about, you know, dream residence at York, I want to talk 10 years prior to that. It's about 20 years ago I decided to start building an institution. And what does an institution need? An institution needs the ability to fundraise. The institution needs the ability to build partnership. And the institution needs individuals to play a role within the institution to execute programs. 20 years ago, I knew if I was to build an institution strong enough and big enough to have a movement for our community, it has to have three other things. Institutional relationships, a drive of building home ownership, a drive of building small businesses. So with that in mind, we launched DreamMaker 20 years ago. After selling thousands of units across the GTA with our team, we realized we have to be part of the supply chain. We have to be part of the skylight. We have to be part of the development cycle in Toronto. And that's when we launched DreamMaker Development. And then when we launched DreamMaker Development, we said, we want to make an impact. If we're going to go big, let there be an impact so that this building could have a ripple effect that goes beyond me. 
so that this building could inspire others to say, I could dream and be a developer. I could dream and be a builder. And that's when we decided to locate across of Yorkdale Mall, a mall that everyone knows. Does everyone know Yorkdale Mall? Exactly. The lady said yes. This is the first, <laughs> I was there today. first building across Yorkdale Mall, nine-story building. When we bought it, we, 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 everyone at that time was like, you know, what's the price point at Yorkdale? For us, it's all about fundamentals. What were the fundamentals at that time? Yorkdale Mall, Oxford, private sector, was about to put hundreds of millions of dollars to expand the mall, fundamental one. Mm. Fundamental two, private sector, the digital hospital, in partnership with the public sector, another fundamental. Another public sector fundamental, the subway extension from the mall to university. So these were fundamental factors that said, we can't lose at Yorkdale, and thank God we didn't. That's amazing. Indicators, those are the indicators. <clears throat> so my dad's been telling me to invest in real estate since I was 15. I was stupid and didn't listen, right? Shout out to my dad. Um, if we want to get into the hotel space or commercial space, how you're in now, what are like three or four tips you would tell people that you would do starting today to get into the commercial or hotel space? Location, location, location. Okay. Right. Once you understand the location, it's the whole saying, build it and they'll come. You know, when we bought the building across maybe a few minutes from Pearson Airport, again, location, location, it was an old industrial building. It was at a time where everyone was jumping into Airbnb within condo units. But for us, anything we do, we want to do it from an institutional point of view, from a scalability point of view. So we said, let's get our feet wet with our first hotel, Dream Suites at YYZ, um, five minutes from Pearson Airport, 18-room boutique hotel, tech-enabled, two more floors, so we're gonna turn it from 18 to 40 rooms. And now we're working on three more hotels with some hotel partners across Canada. And clap it up for that, please. That's incredible. That's incredible. So we, we've been to the city a few times and each decade, every time we, we come, there's more development. Even now when we're downtown, I'm just seeing buildings yep. and I'm seeing infrastructure. And that's why I said like industrials is a, a great sector if you look at the invest. What makes Toronto so attractive and such a great place for real estate? Because like we said, we, we heard some of the prices. We're like, that sounds like we're in New York. What, what makes it so attractive? Again, it goes back to the fundamentals. Uh, apart from the public sector, private sector investments, the next fundamental is immigration, right? So even when the states were going through their issues with the market, Canada was still thriving. Ontario was still thriving because of the immigration. Mm. Millions of people come in here. So Toronto's a melting pot. So then what I figured out seven years ago when we transitioned also into the VC space, Toronto was also becoming the tech hub, Silicon Valley North. Toronto four years ago had more tech hires than Silicon Valley. Those tech hires are six-figure jobs. Mm. More six-figure jobs than any major city in North America means more disposable capital. More disposable capital alongside immigration means a lot of homes required. Mm. And that's why there's a lot of cranes in the most in the city, in the most in North America, I should say. So let me ask you this. As far as for people here, right, who want to become a real estate investor or a real estate developer, right? What are some advice, what are some tips, what's, what should they do to become you know, a real estate investor and a real estate developer? 
So real estate investor, you know, when we got in 20 years ago, we were pushing pre-construction homes, pre-construction condos. And the reason was that it gave you the ability to save as you put down deposit. You go into a developer and you say, okay, I want to put, buy this property. You put down 5 to 15% or about a year, and then you're able to save to that. But then the market has changed. It went from condos, then it went to stacked townhouses, then it went to townhouses, then back to condos. So as a real estate investor, you have to have the ability to think long-term, but understand there's short-term wins along the way. You may get a pre-construction that actually has value by the time it's built and you could sell. But now we're getting to the market where you have to have the ability to close on it, mm -hmm. rent it out, and understand the rent may not cover it. So you gotta understand this is a short to long-term game. Now, if you wanna be a developer, it's a whole nother animal, a whole nother beast. First off, again, you gotta have a long-term thinking. You gotta have the ability to sacrifice. You gotta have the ability to build an army and a team that's willing to cover your blind spots. Because being a developer, especially in the city, it's not easy. You gotta understand all many disciplines. You gotta understand the architecture side. You gotta understand the engineering side. You gotta understand the planning side. Mm -hmm. You gotta understand the lending side. You gotta understand the market. So I came in as a developer through the sales side. So I was selling for major developers, 50 plus developers across the GTA and I needed more of a challenge. So I said, look, if I could sell the units and I understand the market from an economic point of view and the fundamentals, I could put together a development and construction team. Obviously at 28, I had no mentors. I had my dad who was already in real estate as a broker, but no development mentor, no builder mentor, but luckily I had allies outside our community that could open up the doors for me from the lending side, from the construction side. And we went from doing one condo, and as that condo was de developing, we built townhouses, we built a boutique hotel, we built custom homes, and then we went to apartment buildings, and then we started renovating the new law school, Lincoln Alexander. That's amazing. Um, they say good help is hard to find, and I know it took time, but for those who are looking to build a team, can you give them some real advice about what it took to build the team that you have now? And honestly, the biggest thing, like I said, I always, I always look at development and construction like you're building an army. You're going into a war with multiple battles. So there may be one battle you lose, but you gotta look at the big picture. What's the war you're trying to get? What's the war you're trying to accomplish? So on the battlefield, there's shooters, there's defense, there's those that are looking outside, there's those that are looking at the left, looking at the right. You gotta know that the individuals that are around you are in it for the long haul, that there will be not, not failures, lessons learned, and they're able to pick up those lessons learned and build on top of it. So that's the biggest thing, whether they're ready to sacrifice, it could be friends, family, it could be outside your community, outside your family, the key word sacrifice with long-term thinking. So you, you started at 21, you got your first brokerage at 25, you launched it, right? And so you're doing residential, you're doing commercial. What made you decide to say, I want to go into the hotel space? What was that process like? What was the thinking behind that? So the first, the first a few people know, the first condo that I bought downtown, that was the first residential hotel condo in the city, was at One King West. So when I bought that, that unit, that was way before Airbnb. So that was my first dive into residential condos with the hotel feel. So I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And then a few years later, I bought a few more units and tried it, and then Airbnb became popular. And then when we built our building across of Yorkdale, we did every step to work it as sort of an Airbnb condo. But I had to feel like, okay, you know what? This is not scalable. 
So that's when we start to look for a digital hotel, look for a building that we could turn into a digital hotel. But the reality is I'm not from the hotel space, so I always like to learn a bit before I scale. So we felt the boutique hotel was a, was a small enough piece to start with and basically run it off of Airbnb, run it off of Expedia, and get to learn the operation of a hotel. And now, well, this is where understanding challenges. So we had DJNV, Cardi, to launch our hotel December of 2019. In March of 2020, COVID hit. Mm. But this is why you gotta have a team that has a long-term play. Fortunately, I had a core team that had a long-term play with our hotel vision. And now the biggest industry to be in is the hotel space as the market is coming after COVID. So let me ask you this. Um, affordable housing and rental is space that you've entered, right? Um, what's the process? So with affordable housing, we were fortunate. We launched Dream Affordable Housing. We're working closely with the federal government. And, and in partnership with the federal government, CMHC, we launched the first housing program in Canada for the black communities, 200 homes. <laughs> 200 homes, but the, the funny thing is that the federal government only funded us for 200 homes. But through our foundation, Dream Legacy, we had over a thousand applicants that came through, through to show the demand. So now we've been talking with the government and said, we need funding for more than 200. But more importantly, we need to be part of the supply chain that's, comp that's completing the 200 homes. So we recently launched a skilled trade certificate program with the university to train 1,000 black businesses in skilled trades. That is incredible. I know it's a buzzword now, but can you talk to us why generational wealth is so important, especially with inflation, and it seems like the world is changing so fast? It's so important because of, you know, it's access, it's relationships, it's ability to live, it's ability to, to create wealth, it's ability to create internship opportunity, employment, it's ability to have a sustainable community. You can't have a sustainable community without having the aspect of generational wealth. You can't have the path of generation. Can you say it again? You can't have a sustainable what? A sustainable economic community. So you can't be economically strong as a community and as an individual unless you have generational wealth, but as a community, unless you have those three things. Institutional relationship, driving home ownership, and building more small businesses. If you don't have that as a community, the community will never get on the path for economic wealth. You look in the states and you see all the situations that's happened, you see what has happened to, to break generational wealth. And how did they break it? They were, they were breaking it through institutions. They were breaking it through small businesses that were being created. They were breaking it through home ownership. Once you solve those three things, there'll be more wealth creation in the community because it's small businesses that creates wealth. Mm. It's investment opportunities that create wealth. There'll be more education on taking disposable capital and being on the cap table. Yeah, you brought up education, which is always dear to my heart. And you talked about creating a certification program to have more professionals in different careers, but you've also started a fund, and you had you created an incubator for black tech founders. I know you talked about the the hub of, of Toronto being the Silicon Valley of the North. Talk about the fund and the thought process and, and, and getting that off the ground. So it's funny, I was listening to, to Robert Smith, it's probably on your, on your show, and 
And it was talking about technology cuts across all industries. And we saw that during COVID. So seven years ago, through our foundation, we gave a gift to the university, the Isaac Olafe Digital Media Lab. And when we did that, we got exposed to the tech scene. So I walked in, I'm like, this is amazing. And I started to do more research and saw that Toronto is becoming the next Silicon Valley North. So I started Dreammaker Ventures, invested in a bunch of tech companies. But then what was interesting about four or five years ago, I'll go into events like this, but more tech focused, and no one from our community was there. And I didn't understand why. In the construction space, I understood it. Development space, I understood it. But in the tech, I didn't understand it. So we went back to the university, DMZ, which is the largest tech incubator in the world out of a university, and we said, we got to create more seats. So we raised a million dollars with the Canadian Women's Foundation, because 50% had to be women-led tech companies, with BMO Institution, with Shopify, the biggest tech company, and with Dream Legacy Foundation, and we launched the first black tech incubator in Canada. But it, but it continues because incubation and mentorship, the black community has done that enough. Mm -hmm. So when COVID hit, a lot of the institutions, again, institutional relationships, reached out and said, okay, Isaac, what can we do? We see what's happening in the States. We see the Black Lives Matter movement. What can we do? Do we, need, do we need more sponsorship? Do we need sponsor this event? I'm like, we have enough events. We, we have enough galas. We need a fund. Mm -hmm. We need an institutional fund. There's billions of dollars going to tech founders, less than 0% is going to black-led founders. True. So we launched the very first institutionally-backed venture fund called BKR Capital, a $20 million fund invested in 18 tech companies. So talk about the power of collaboration. We were talking backstage about that, because um, that cross across all genres, whether you're talking about investing, real estate, business, collaboration is the key to success. So you have a personal experience with that, right? Talk about that. Well, collaboration is so key. And, and every step we've been able to get to is because we've been collaborating with individuals that understand the vision that we have and understand the work and the sacrifice we're willing to take to get to it. So for us, to go from building a couple hundred units to go to a thousand units, we even need more of a larger collaboration. So we're now trying to collaborate with those within the community, those outside the community, so that we could create a consortium. A consortium that could go to Jane and Finch and redevelop it. A consortium that could go to Woodbine Racetrack, which is gonna be one of the spots for the World Cup, and redevelop it. Mm. A consortium that could go to the Scarborough Golden Mile, they're gonna be putting up 20 towers and be part of the companies that redevelop it. That could only come through collaboration. So we're big on collaboration because we wanna make big impact. Really quick, how can we and everyone in here collaborate with you if we wanna get wealthy in real estate? So again, I always tell everyone now that honestly, five to 10 year play with us and you'll be wealthy. There's individuals that have been with us from day one and they're wealthy, they spin off and create their own companies that plugs into what we're doing. Whether you wanna be on the management side, on the investment side, on the buying side, on the mortgage side, on now on the insurance side through Dream Insurance, whether you wanna get access to the tech side through our venture fund, we're, like I mentioned, we're creating an institution. An institution is meant to be bigger than the individual that created the institution. An institution is meant to be able to plug in, have individuals plug in and, and, and take a piece and grow based on that institution. So we're gonna be launching several development sites. There's a massive development going on in Collingwood, right beside Blue Mountain. We're doing a development there. 
We're launching another development in Woodbridge, a 15-story building where we're gonna be opening it up in the summertime. And then in Simcoe, just north of the city, we'll be launching another 67 townhouses starting from the mid-600s. And clap it up for him. Clap it Real up quick, for I got, I, got, I got one last thing. And I, I, got one, I got one last thing, one last thing. Because you talked about relationships and talk about the, how long that took to develop. Because you said the federal government is somebody that you work with. Obviously, you work with institutions as well. How long did it take to develop these relationships? And, and knowing the relationship, using that as leverage to meet the, meet the needs of the people. Honestly, it, it took me 20 years to get to where I am. But it doesn't have to take each of you 20 years because we've built an institution now that allows you to plug in. When you walk into a university, you instantly get what they've been building for decades. When we built the first black tech incubator, there was a reason why we didn't build it in our office across of Yorkdale or in our, one of our other buildings. We built it within an institution so we could leverage the decades of infrastructure that they built. So instantly, we went from 10 founders a year to over 1,000 black-led founders that have gone through our program. Wow. But, but that's 1,000 black-led founders that are now able to hire. They're now able to mentor black youth, yeah. boys and girls. Yeah. And um, so what I was going to say is like piggybacking off what you said previously, a lot of times you could walk through a hallway in school, right? And you can write the answers to the test on the lockers and nobody will read it because it's too obvious. It's in plain sight. We're psychologically trained to look for more complicated things. That's what I even said with the ETF. So as you guys heard him, I don't know what you heard, but when I'm listening and he's naming all of these developments that he's building in Scarborough and over here. And so what does that tell you? <laughs> right? Yeah. That change is coming. Yes. These are places that if he's investing millions of dollars into new buildings and new facilities and different things. 20 new should, towers. What does that tell you, Ian? You should build in those places. <laughs> I, sh I should be in the neighborhood. That's, that's where the investment is going. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You don't have to be a genius to figure that out. Yeah. So we want to thank Isaac for coming. Give a round of thank applause you, you amazing. for Toronto's own. Clap it up for this brother. Come on. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.